Thank you, Clara. That was beautiful. Let us pray. Lord, in this moment, we ask that all the things that may come to mind, that may distract us, that may compete for our detention, that you will just clear them away for us, that you will make a clear path for us to focus on your word, on your truth. And as your word is read, Lord, we ask that you bless not just the reading of it, but the hearing of it as well. Bless us as we receive it. Open our hearts, open our ears, open our eyes to receive it, to allow it to take root in us so that your gospel message can be made real and alive in us today. Bless this time that we have together and in the presence of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand if you are able for the reading of the word. Our scripture this morning comes from 1 John, chapter 4, verses 4 through 12. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, That God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I want to wish you all a happy New Year's Eve as we bring this year to a close and go ahead and wish you all a happy New Year as well. Um, I, I pray that each one of you will experience God's blessing, his presence and his power in the new year. 2017 has been a wonderful year for some people. It's been a terrible year for some people. And, uh, and there's all sorts of ground in between. So as we bring this year to a close, it is, it is certainly my prayer that 2018 will be a year of tremendous blessing for each one of you. One of the things that uh, people do, um, whether they set out to do it or not in 2018, is make New Year's resolutions. Some people take that very seriously. They have a list of resolutions that they're going to try to do. And then some people say, oh, I don't do New Year's resolutions. But then in the back of their mind, they're also thinking, man, I've been eating a lot of junk lately. Once, once New Year's gets by, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut that out. That's still a New Year's resolution. 
Some of us may make uh, New Year's resolutions that have to do with people, that have to do with uh, friends or family or how we relate to each other, and those are certainly good resolutions as well. But, but I want to say that any resolutions we, we, we hope to uh, pursue, any goals that we hope to achieve in the new year, uh, there, there's something deeper that has to happen within us in order for us to be successful um, reaching those goals. Uh, when I was uh, young, I used to love um, playing, and I still do, playing around with words in the English language. Uh, like I, I loved puns, even as a child. When I'd hear a good pun, it would make me chuckle. And even now, I, I've, I am known around the parsonage to spit out a really corny pun, and, uh, and Liam usually laughs, Claire rolls her eyes. Uh, but I, I love to, to just play around with, with words and always have. And uh, maybe that's why I decided when I was uh, going for my, my college degree before seminary uh, to major in literature. I, I love the English language and the different ways that you can use it to, to color what you're saying and, and to add uh, maybe deeper meaning or even double meanings to what you're saying. And among all of the literary geniuses that I have, uh, that I have studied from Shakespeare to Walt Whitman, um, I would say that some of the biggest literary uh, or some of the greatest literary geniuses are country music songwriters. Now, that, that may sound funny, but country music songwriters are masters of puns. And you know this to be true. Even if you don't listen to country music, I'm sure you have heard some country music titles or songs that, that play around with words, that play around with language. Randy Travis had a song called On the, Other Hand, On the Other Hand, which is a common saying. Well, you know, there's, there's this over here. But on the other hand, you know, you have to consider this. And his song, On the Other Hand, says, On the other hand, there's a golden band to remind me of someone who would not understand. Meaning, on the other hand, I've got to remember, I'm married. And so the other hand becomes a pun. He's playing around with language. Of course, there's that... Uh, that classic by Johnny Paycheck that says, the only hell my mama ever raised was me. <laughs> or, or George Jones, with these hundred proof memories, you can't think and drive. <laughs> Masters of the pun, I'm telling you. So I've always had this appreciation for, for language and for uh, double meanings and all of that. And when I was in high school, uh, one of my best friends, Mike, um, he, he was sort of the same way. And so we would write poems or songs, and we would, we would kind of be in competition with each other, but we would, we would play around with words or try to come up with song titles that, that were, were clever and could impress each other. And he came up with one. The song wasn't very good, but the, the title was uh, that, that he came up with, and it was called Inner Outer Control. And so when you sing it, it sounds like you're saying in or out of control, but, but the title is spelled inner outer control and the implication is that things outside of us can control us or things inside of us can control us and I always liked that I always appreciated the deeper meaning behind that title and uh, and I told him that I might steal that title one day and, and turn it into something of my own and I've, I've used it today uh, to title this sermon so that's that's how I've used that the scripture today deals with that very thing inner and outer control. 
John says, greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. Now that language of Christ being within us, it gets lost on people, especially to unbelievers. They hear Jesus in my heart, asking Jesus into my heart, Christ dwelling within me. At Christmas time, we say, Christ, be born in us. And so that sounds kind of, kind of funny, but I would say that it's, it's probably not as far a stretch as maybe it used to be. I would imagine in the early days of Christianity, people heard that talk and they thought, what in the world are you talking about? But these days we say things like that. Home is where the heart is. Or your, your love is always with me wherever I go. You're always on my mind. Another country song, carrying your love with me. We, we talk that way and we say that. We, we mean that there is something deep within us that is greater or is different, at least, than what is around us. And so that's what we mean when we say that Christ is in us. We mean that Christ has been born in us, in the hearts of the believer. And Christmas, as I told the kids, is, it's not one day on the calendar. It is an ongoing season. I talked during Advent about how Advent is a, this perpetual state. We live in this constant state of hope and longing and expectation. But we also live in a constant state of Christmas, where Christ is always arriving within us, as long as we are open to that, as long as we are longing for him to be born in our hearts, he is. It's the same thing during Lent and Easter. We are in this constant state of yearning and longing for forgiveness, but we are also in a constant state of forgiveness and resurrection and redemption. So we have this ongoing perpetual state of Christmas within us where Christ is continuing to be born and, and in that moment, in each and every moment, we are born again as well. That's the process of sanctification. It's an ongoing journey. It's something that keeps going. It's our growth with Christ that, that as we continue to stumble, He continues to prevail. He continues to be born in us so that He can forgive us and He can help pick us back up. That's the essence of sanctification. Teresa of Avila was a nun from Spain, and her seminal work that she wrote was called The Interior Castle, and it, was, uh, it, it came from a vision that she had during her prayer where the Holy Spirit gave her this, this vision of, of her soul being this uh, diamond or crystal castle, and within it was Christ. And, and so she wrote this book about uh, inward reflection and prayer and finding, and for the believer, finding Christ within us and being in tune with that and, and developing that relationship with Christ within us as opposed to all the stuff that's going on outside of us and around us. She was echoing back what, what, what John said in 1 John, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Elsewhere in Scripture, we're told that our bodies, our hearts, are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That Christ indwells us. Christ is within us. And he that is in us is greater than what? He that is in the world. And what is in the world? Who is in the world? It's brokenness. It's heartache. 
distrust, jealousy, greed, anger, malice, temptation of every kind, deceit, heresy. That's what John was addressing when he wrote this. There was false doctrines going around. There was misleading ideas about who Jesus was and who God was. And John was saying, all of this is deceit. All of this is heresy. This is what is from the world. What is in you is true. What God has put in you as a believer is true. And that is greater than anything that can come from the outside. And so he was addressing this this heresy, this deceit that is in the world. But we live in a fallen, broken world where there's so much more than just heresy. There there is deceit, there is uh, temptation, there is jealousy, there is malice, all kinds of evil that longs to launch itself at us in an attempt to break into that interior castle where Christ dwells. So the question becomes... Will we allow the outsiders, will we allow all of that noise out here, all of the the forces of evil, will we allow the intruders to invade the castle within us where Christ lives? If we do, that inner life becomes disrupted. When we become subjects of the outsider, the outside invader, rather than followers of to the Christ of, of the Christ who lives within us. When the outside noise and pressure becomes so great that it disrupts our inner life, we must take note. Because that means our faith is weakening. It means that we are allowing circumstances to shape our hearts when our hearts belong to God. Whenever we start feeling overwhelmed, whenever we feel overwhelming times of grief or anxiety or whatever it may be, take note that this is a time where you must pay very careful attention to your soul. Because something, something very deep and profound is happening. There is a battle for the inner part of your soul, that inner castle where Christ dwells. We must protect that at all costs, at all times. This past week, we were uh, at the clergy, young clergy family retreat, and the guest speaker was Shane Green. Some of you all know Shane. He used to be the district superintendent uh, here in our district. And uh, anyway, he gave a speech talking about forgiveness. One of the things that he said really, um, really kind of just opened up a lot of things for me. He said, a lot of people think of forgiveness and reconciliation as the same thing, and they're not. That reconciliation means making peace with each other, restoring that relationship, but that's the second step. Said forgiveness happens in the heart. The way he put it is forgiveness is vertical. That's between you and God. And then after that has been resolved, after you have gotten yourself right on the inside, after your heart has been transformed because of that relationship between you and God, Then you can move to step two, which is reconciliation, which is you and another person. It's horizontal. That relationship is horizontal. But first, what's on the inside has to be addressed. And so when we think about our New Year's resolutions, if one of your New Year's resolutions is to to mend a broken relationship or to even just maybe to strengthen a relationship that hasn't gotten much attention lately, Know this, 
before we can do anything horizontally with each other, before we can, we can address any relationships here around us, the first thing we must address is how it is with our soul. How is it with our heart? How is it between us and God? How is it in that interior castle where he dwells? Greater outer control will happen when we have greater inner control. We can't allow the outside to change the inside. There's a song, most of you know it, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim. All the things that disturb us, that bother us, that shake us. All the things that launch themselves at us and want to destroy us. All the things that can, can, we can become obsessed over. They can take over our minds and our thoughts if we're not careful. All of those things will grow strangely dim. When we're looking instead at Jesus, the Christ, who is born within us. We are staring straight down the barrel at 2018. No one knows what it holds for any of us. But I can guarantee that in your life and in my life there will be challenges in our relationship with God. There will be challenges in our relationships with other people. Let us remember what the passage says If we love God, if God is in us, his love is perfected in us. In other words, we are sanctified by his presence within us. His love becomes our love. And all of those outside relationships that may test us or try us, they will not be able to break us or even control us. Because we have something far, far greater controlling us from within. Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God is with us, and he is far, far greater than anything that may oppose us. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for that promise of Emmanuel, that you are always with us. We thank you for the truth that the fact you are with us, that you long to be born within us, It makes us stronger than anything that can oppose us. We are not strong on our own, Lord. We are weak. We are frail. We are subject to being crushed by the enemies, the forces of evil that are in the world, a broken, fallen, dark world. But you are strong. You are perfect. Your love conquers all, and your love can be made perfect within us. Help us all to protect that inner castle, that inner temple where you dwell within us. So that rather than letting the outside world control us, we surrender that castle to you and you live and you conquer through us. We pray all these things in the holy name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our hymn of invitation this morning is hymn number 251 in the United Methodist Hymnal, Go Tell It on the Mountain. If you've made a decision of any type today, I invite you, I encourage you to come forward and share that with us. Please stand if you are able and join us in singing hymn number 251.